in a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. And welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Long time no see, or long time no talk, no hear. Uh, got a couple of guests in the virtual studio with me tonight. Got Scott. How you doing, sir? <laughs> okay. Hey, Chris is here as well. How you doing? I don't know how to follow that up. I'm hoping better than better than Scott, I think. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this is kind of an impromptu episode. I'm not going to claim that I have uh, like tons of preparation time put into this or whatever, but um, the new season of Frasier started this week on Paramount Plus and, um, and also Quantum Leap started a couple weeks ago. And I thought it would be apt to talk about both of those properties because uh well, I mean, I've, I've really been looking forward to this. Re- this, uh, I don't know, you can't really call it a reboot of Frasier, it's more of a revisit to mm-hmm. Frasier, a reunion type show. Um, and uh, so uh, you know, I wanted to talk about it, and and it's not gonna, I mean, we're not gonna, there's only two episodes, so there's not a whole lot to talk about. And uh, we may talk about, uh, you know, just reboots and reunion shows in general because that's a lot of what TV is right now. Uh, they like to bring they like bringing back these old properties and stuff. So uh, so let's talk about it. Let's 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 uh, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into talking about the new season of Frasier, let's just talk about Frasier in general. Because when I was a kid, my dad was a big fan of Cheers. I won't say he was a big fan, but it was a show that he watched every week, and uh, and he enjoyed it and and. As I grew up, I watched it with him. It went off the air in 93, which I in 93, I was 16, I think. And uh, and I remember that finale being like a huge deal on TV. Uh, and um, and then I remember the cast of Cheers being drunk on The Tonight Show later, mm-hmm. that, later that night. But uh, when they when the finale was airing, they showed a commercial for the new spinoff series that was going to have Kelsey Grammer playing Frasier. Now I've learned since because we're, we have a lot more information at our fingertips now than we did then. Uh, that show was not originally, he wasn't supposed to be playing Frasier on that show. 
it was supposed to be just a show with Kelsey Grammer and all, all the stuff that was on that show was supposed to be there. His dad, his brother, the housekeeper and all that, but he wasn't Frazier. He was another guy. And, uh, and he was a radio show host and everything, but they just decided kind of at the last minute, Hey, what if we just say that he's Frazier, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and we'll get all these people that watch cheers. We'll get even more of them to come and watch this. And uh, which is why you've got the stuff like the fact that on Cheers, Frazier said that his father was not even alive. They know. did address that in the, in the series. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they wrote it in later, but uh, but I mean, the show would have still worked if he hadn't been Frazier. I mean, if he had just been a different character or whatever. It also explains why he moved all the way to Seattle and just... I won't say he abandoned his son, but I mean, his son was not a big part of the show. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the fact that Frazier was a father was not a big part of that character, <laughs> you know? Um, so let's, let's, let's talk about it. You, you got, I mean, I, Chris, obviously you were a fan of Frazier, right? Oh, big time. Yeah. We were hooked. Uh, not the first episode. I think it was the second episode when they go to the timber mill. And they have the stakes on the trolley and Frazier and Niles are just uh, like, like shitting all over the place. And Martin like reams them out at the end. And mm-hmm. just something about that episode cracked us up. And it was a show that my wife and I watched from that time on. And I won't say that I love the entire run of Frasier. I think that it has some bad years, but on the whole, I think it might be one of my top favorite sitcoms of all time. So mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to the reboot because we just love Frasier. We just leave it on in the background. We just, it's just, it's it's almost a comfort food in, in our house. And it's still funny. It holds up. It's just so funny. A lot of people didn't want to get into Frasier the first few seasons because they thought that it was like a really highbrow show. And it's really not that highbrow. <laughs> well, what's great about it is that Niles and Frazier are highbrow, but I've said this before. I don't know if it's I've said it on this show, but the brilliance of it is that they are exactly exactly as eruditely buffoonish as the script needs them to be. So even when they're being highbrow jerks, it's you're laughing at them, not laughing with them. But you can equally laugh with them in different scenes as well. So the show walked many lines in the sense that mm. when, when they got too big for their britches, there was always some kind of comeuppance. But at the same time, it was also like a good family show and, you know, just people enjoying each other's company and you're laughing with them as well. So it it it, it did everything very well. Yeah. And that, I mean, the, the, the team behind the show. I mean, these are the same people that did that did. Of course, they did Cheers. They're the same people that did Taxi. I think they did Wings. No, that, of, that was uh, David Angel and Casey Lee. Uh, Cheers and Tides Burrows, Charles Burrows. Okay. Uh, yeah, but but uh, I I love you invoking Wings. That's also one of my favorites. So. Yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. Scott, were you a Frasier fan? Uh, to a degree. Um, Cheers was kind of similar to what you said. Uh, a show that would often find its way to the television um, in the house when I was a kid. Um, it wasn't necessarily, you know, appointment viewing or we're going to catch every episode, but if it's on, you know, whoever's in the room is going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, that show ended, Frazier moved on to his, his own spinoff. It was watched less, but it was still on now. And then we would catch it. Um, 
I never developed like a great love for it, but I never disliked it. I thought it was fine whenever it was on. Um, I would watch it and enjoy it. I think that if I spent time watching Frasier, it was more for uh, David Hyde Pierce than anything else. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, as far as Frasier goes, this is probably the good time to let the listeners know. Uh, I'm here for the quantum leap discussion. I have not watched. <laughs> I have not watched the new Frasier yet, so I'm not going to have very much to contribute. But talking about the character as a whole, I've I've always been a fan, and I did like um, you know what Chris mentioned that if on his own show, if he was being a little too stuffy, a little too arrogant, a little too above everyone else, then the the episode would bring him down a peg or two as necessary to allow the character to remain at, i don't know if this is the right word but but relatable hmm. if he's yeah. being I, you you used um eruditely buffoonish yes which is a a perfect descriptor and they were always very careful to not let that go so far as to make him unlikable to the audience so they will bring him back down to earth before the audience loses their connection to the character. And I was, I was impressed by that even, even back then. Yeah. And the brilliant thing about Frazier, and I guess it, it's a testament to the actors, to, to Kelsey Grammer, to David Hyde Pierce, especially, I mean, Frazier and Niles did some really, really stupid stuff. And for two, you know, Yale is Harvard, Harvard educated. I'm sorry, not Yale. Oof. But um, Harvard educated, uh, you know, like like eggheads, they are they're never portrayed as dumb, but they do some dumb things sometimes for comedy. And it shouldn't work because, you know, the characters are smarter than this. But uh, David Hyde Pierce and Kelsey Grammer can just pull it off. They can make it work, which was another great, great thing about the show. And their supporting cast was was phenomenal. I mean, uh, Perry Gilpin as Roz was my favorite supporter, but Jane Leaves as Daphne and, uh, of course, John Mahoney, the late, great John Mahoney as Martin. Uh, without them, the show wouldn't have had any kind of grounding at all. So it it really is. It's like sort of like ca- capturing lightning in a bottle. I'm sorry I'm gushing about Frasier. It's like a 30-year-old TV show, but I well, love yeah. it. I, I mean, absolutely love it. It just balanced. It was just such good balanced comedy because, I mean, it had really good writing. It had really good acting. But then you've also got all the physical comedy that went into the show. Because, I mean, it's like there's a lot of episodes that were very noises off, you know, mm. kind of stuff where you've got characters going in and out. And, yeah. And uh, and and there's a misunderstanding over here, and then everybody's missing this this other thing that keeps happening because they're in and out of the room at just the right time. And <laughs> I think you're that, thinking that of, of the ski the ski chalet one, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a, well, there's, a, there's several <laughs> several episodes like that, but uh, but I, I, they decided to bring Fraser back uh, to Paramount Plus, which was I thought was a little odd because this was an NBC property. You know, in NBC Thursday night, you know, that, that was their big night. Uh, they they had cheers there for years and years. And then they put Frazier in that in that uh, time period for a long time. I think I think eventually eventually uh, it went to Friends and Frazier moved to another night or something like that. Maybe, I'm not, because I'm not sure. it became like the Friends and Seinfeld night after a while. Yeah. 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 And then uh, but um, Frazier ran for 11 seasons Yep. at the end of that. Frazier was off to Chicago. He was, and he, he had met 
a new lady played by Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Yeah. Laura Linney. Yeah. Her name was Charlotte. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I were the, did they get married or they were going to get married or they they, they didn't get married. She left. She left to go um, do something with her career. And Frazier was going to go to, I believe, San Francisco to do something new, like a new radio show or something. And it winds up with him getting on a plane. And the plane is actually headed for Chicago. So he mm-hmm. went to see her instead of going to this new gig because they were in love. Yeah. So it was a nice optimistic ending because it was a new start for him because they had ended up the series. Niles, Niles and Daphne had gotten married and had a son. Martin mm-hmm. had married Ronnie. So th- he had his new start. So it was time for Frazier to find something new. Like the whole situation of the situation comedy had been put to rest because everybody was in a different place. Which is where this show picks up. And Scott, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil a little bit because the the show opens with uh, uh, Frazier is arriving in Boston. He moves back to Boston, or he's back in. He's he he hasn't actually moved there when the show starts. He's he's in Boston because he had just come from uh, Martin's funeral. His father had just passed, mm. and and there and there's a drop line that uh, he's he's broke up with his girlfriend wife they never said that if they had been married or whatever but um they broke up so he's left chicago he's retired from a tv show that he was yeah. doing out there yep which which i think they did that because uh, in the original fraser i said i talked about this a little bit on the chat the other day they made fraser a little too rich <laughs> for, he, yeah. for for a, for a local radio talk show host <laughs> He was more of a regional, he was a regional personality in a big market. And before the clear channels of the world came along and gobbled up everything to pay their CEOs too much and put everything into the, to the hands of the shareholders, the talent was king. You didn't even have to be syndicated nationwide to have a really good living in a big market. If you were like, think of someone here in New York, just say someone that was hosting NBC News at five on channel channel four here in New York, Chuck Scarborough. He made at least a million dollars a year, at least. And that was back in the 80s and the 70s. So it's not unheard of for Frazier to be, you know, a big radio personality when radio was still a going concern uh, to be that rich. I, they made him again. They made him as as rich as the plot needed, and then yeah. Niles Niles was always even richer because he married money, right? So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but they, but, but it makes sense for him to have more money in this because he's been on TV for the last twenty years oh, and yeah. had a successful <laughs> a successful. I'm assuming like a Doctor Phil type talk show or something like that, which I hope we get to see some scenes from eventually in this in this show but uh so he's so he's back in in boston and his goal is that he wants to go and see his son uh freddie while he's there and uh hijinks ensue a little bit because freddie's hiding something that i didn't really see the point in what he was hiding to be hidden uh uh I don't, I don't want to, it's kind of the whole plot of the first episode. So I don't want to go into it too much because it'll spoil the entire episode. Should we do a spoiler review or, I mean, it's up to you. I mean, we can. Okay. I have no objection. Okay. We'll we'll spoil things. So they kind of set it up that uh, Freddie is hiding something and you kind of make some assumptions in the first couple of scenes as to what he's hiding. 
uh, his his uh, this this girl comes in and he introduces her as his girlfriend, but it's obvious that they're not. You know that that, that, that he just kind of said that uh, it's his roommate. And then when Frazier is out of the room, uh, he says uh, that he's talking with his roommate a little bit and they say, you didn't tell him about John or something like that. And he says, no, uh, you know, thankfully he just, he had just left or something like that. So I told my wife, okay, so his son, his son's going to be gay. So we're, we're going to find out that his son's I, gay. That's what I thought. I thought he was going to be gay. Yeah. But it turns out, no, Fred, uh, uh, John is a baby. And it's not Freddie's baby. It's Freddie's roommate's baby. And Freddie's roommate had been a firefighter. Or Freddie's roommate's husband had been a firefighter that worked with Freddie. And he died in the line of duty. And now he's kind of helping her stay on her feet and take care of her baby and stuff like that, which is noble. Um, But it's also, I don't understand why all that needed to be hidden. That's not, you know. But Freddie and and Frazier don't have a very good relationship. Because Freddie dropped out of Harvard and he went and got a job as a firefighter. And Frazier's not opposed to him being a firefighter, but he still, you can tell, he kind of would rather him be a, a scholar. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or something like that, you know. Uh, but he's ta- he's 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 taking in his grandfather's footsteps more than he's taking in his father's footsteps, you know. So uh and then there was a scene at the end when Fre- uh, Frazier gives Freddie the the flag that was uh, that was folded at his at Martin's funeral, which was a very touching scene. Yeah, you know, uh, kind of got me a little a little misty. I won't lie. But, yeah, no, uh, I, I actually I wept a little bit. Yeah, because I, Martin was such a great character, and um, his arc on the show was the best arc I think. Because if you look at that first season, he is just all hard edges. And he does not like Frazier. He does not like being there. They are really estranged. And at the at the end of the series, it's they're just in such a different place. And John Mahoney could pull off all of it. I mean, he was he was. They even had some flashback episodes where he reverted back to that character. And it was just like the, the difference was night and day. Yeah. So the fact that they invoked him so heavily in this first episode made me happy. And the fact that. Some of the nonsense that you're talking about, Sean, with why was Freddie hiding the baby and all that, but they sort of stuck the landing because they said one of the big bones of contention was that Freddie missed Martin's funeral. He didn't come out to Seattle. And uh, Frazier's just like, why why did you let the family down like that? And he, Freddie said, I couldn't because of uh, the death of his friend. He couldn't face the death of the grandfather. But he said, Frazier said, you could have called me. And Freddie said, well, actually, Grandpa came out and he talked to me about it because he's gone through this before. You didn't go through this. So, you know, so he felt like he had already said goodbye. Anyway, I I know like I'm just giving like a recap of the episode, but it resonated for me as a fan of the original because they brought all the characters back in some kind of relevant way. So I, I I. for for Freddie, which was a one once a season character, maybe when they decided to have Frazier have a kid again uh, to visit or maybe to facilitate Lilith coming on the show occasionally, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to to bring him back. And it's obvious why they're making Freddie a firefighter. They want to have that that juxtaposition of Frazier's erudite buffoonery against Joe Everyman. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So. It, it's it's as good a way to do it as any, and at least it keeps it in the family and gives it some connective tissue to the original. It's a very funny line that I was in one of the 
commercials, but I had forgotten about it. And uh, Frazier says, I think what I do and what you do are, are very similar. And he says, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's find somebody who's having some self-esteem issues and they're also on fire and see which one they're going to do first. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it, it's the, the the good thing about Penelope is uh, barking. I don't know why she's she's very happy to talk about Frasier. Um, the show feels like I think since we're going to talk about Quantum Leap, I think this is what most Quantum Leap fans wanted the new Quantum Leap to be. This really is. We we made a big deal about the new Quantum Leap being season six of mm-hmm. the series, not really season one of a reboot. This really is season twelve of Frasier. They have not missed a beat. It is the same show. It's just yeah, in a little bit of a some, different set. Some new characters, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it it's Frasier through and through. What do you think about some of these new characters? Uh, he's got uh, Alan Cornwall is a a buddy that he had from uh, from Harvard, and uh, I think he's kind of taken the Niles position or whatever. Yeah. The 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 also the also stuffy collared uh, stuff shirt kind of a. Uh, kind of person for Frazier to to have some repertoire with or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but he was, I mean, he was very funny. You know, he also is, he's more, he's more of Frazier's peer than Niles was because Niles was younger than him. So that, I mean, they're the same age and, uh, and he's, I mean, he's just kind of given Frazier, you know, yeah. have you, have you considered that, he hates you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? You've also got, um, um, well, of course, the the, the son Jack uh, Cutmore Scott is playing Freddie Crane, mm-hmm. which I mean he's doing a good job. But uh, these first two episodes, uh, we don't know a whole lot about him yet. This could just be any guy so far. I mean, there's a couple of good scenes, but uh, I don't. I haven't seen enough to know how much I, I like him. Jess uh, Salguero plays Eve, which is the roommate, mm-hmm. uh, and she was funny. There was, I mean, there was a there was a situation in the second episode where she figured out that Frazier's voice was like ambient for her baby. <laughs> <laughs> if she wanted the baby to go to sleep, she just needed to let Frazier talk for a minute. And, and, <laughs> but. The way she kept coming up and trying to get him to say something soothing, Frazier was taking it like she's in, she's falling in love with him, you know, which is a classic kind of Frazier thing. You know, yeah. he, he always misunderstands what what women want from him. <laughs> but it's also it's it, it, it's where the show veered into sort of the most tropey sitcom material. And it yeah. still worked. Yeah. You know, so. Anyway, I I thought it worked, and I I like her as a character. I think I think she's dynamic when she's on screen, and I think that uh, Freddie and her play off of each other very well. Yeah, Olivia is another character that I'm going to have to just kind of get to know a little bit before I'm making any judgment about whether or not I care for that. Now, she's she was a little insincere in the in the performance. I thought she wasn't really? quite. Yeah, I just I, she, she seemed a little. I don't know. It just seemed the, the performance seemed a little bit wooden to me, but that that'll that may wear on me over time. Uh, mm. The other the other character is, of course, is Anders Keith is playing David Crane, which is Niles and uh, Daphne's son. He was just kind of there. He yeah. didn't have anything to do with the show. He really. is the weakest, the weakest of the new characters. And I feel like they wanted to at least acknowledge the fact that uh, Niles and Daphne had a son. So why not make him a character? Maybe as an entree to get uh, 
to get Daphne back on because uh, David yeah. Pierce said he's not interested in reprising the role as Niles. Now, now he that could be BS. He could just be holding out so that they have a surprise appearance or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But I think that Jane Leaves is probably a, a more realistic get at this point. So if you have if you have David there, at least there's a reason for Daphne to pop ups. What I didn't like about um, the David character was they made him a parody of Niles. Yeah. So Niles is already enough of a parody, yeah. but David Hyde Pierce can pull it off. This is a kid that's sort of acting like David Hyde Pierce, but just, you know, dialed up to 11 and it, it just didn't work for me. They just had him coming through the line, through the room just to drop a line, right, right. to drop a punchline and go off into another room. You know, he, he was, he was just set dressing. Yeah. Um, it's, which it's maybe like, it sounds like they're, I, they're work they're workshopping the character as we watch the first few episodes, yeah, which is not uncommon for pilots, a, right? Maybe if I see a uh, an episode that focuses on his character, you know, it'll it'll be a little better. There's um there's several characters. I'm looking at IMDb. There's several that are listed here that have not been introduced on the show yet. Uh, but you know, and of course, uh, Freddie has a group of buddies that he hangs out at the bar with. That's another thing I wanted to discuss. Frazier does hang out at a bar, but it's mm. not Cheers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've seen a lot of different things uh, bumping around online that uh, maybe maybe Cheers got shut down during the pandemic or or uh, I think one of the one of the producers said, well, Cheers is a Fuddruckers now or something like that. Mm. But but they 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 have said that they're not opposed to Frazier visiting cheers at some point of course i mean it all depends on who you can get to be on the show because you don't want to have him just go into cheers and there not be anybody there that we recognize um but also frazier when he was at cheers that wasn't the best time of his life right you know he was uh that's when he his well his relationship with diane ended there and then his marriage fell apart there and and, and all of that so uh so he may be wanting to stay away from that. But it's also Boston's a big city. That's what I'm saying. He could be on a complete opposite end of the city. And yeah. it's just not easy to pop into Cheers. You got to yeah. go across town to do it. Cheers I'll is just a go to this bar on the corner. right? Yeah. <laughs> Cheers is a neighborhood bar. And that's uh, and it's not his neighborhood. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so, I mean, uh, that's easy enough. If you, if you live anywhere but the TV universe, you realize that there's distances and time involved in many things. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have Frazier hanging out at Cheers all the time, then you're it's not a it's reboot Cheers. of Frazier, it's a reboot yeah. of Cheers. <laughs> and they did show some of Freddie's pals in the second episode, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because they didn't realize that Frazier was Freddie's dad, even though they had the same last name. Like another, like just dumb sitcom stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I well they, they did address in that at the end is that well they didn't they didn't put together that we lived together when they came to pick up the air hockey table. So I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um okay. Well I mean that's Frazier. It was it was good. I I think that it was very much a continuation of what we've had uh that went off the air in 93. Uh, was it nine? No, that wasn't 93. It went off the air no, in 2004. Started, it right? started in 93. Yeah. It went off in yeah. 04. So like 19 years ago. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest. How many episodes is this first season going to be? Is I, it, I'm going to say 10. I'm that's probably, a guess. I mean, 10 is, seems to be de rigor, right? So yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot of shows over the last few years 
the, the last five or six years, a lot of shows from the 80s and 90s have either had reunions or there have been like remakes or reboots. I mean, we've got MacGyver and Magnum. Those are like total rehauls of the show or whatever. Yeah. But you've got a lot of these shows like Will and Grace came back. Um, Roseanne came back. Uh, now we've got Frasier. Night Court came back in a way. It's 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 mm-hmm. kind of a reunion slash uh, continuation. Yeah, yeah, because uh, most of the characters are new. Yeah, but um, this is the first one that's that I've really thought kept kept the spirit of the show the, the best. Uh, yeah. The other one I thought, I mean, I, I was a fan of Roseanne back in the day. I think that the new that the Connors I think is a good show. But I don't think it's as much like watching the same show as this is. This is almost like watching the same show. Yeah, so I'm saying this really is yeah. a season 12. So if you're a yeah. Frasier fan, you're going to love it. Um, yeah, yeah. If you're not a Frasier fan, there's nothing new there for you to discover. So Kelsey Grammer stepped back in the Frasier like he was putting an old on an old coat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I said, I've seen nice Kelsey in, in other stuff coat. too, and oh, yeah. yeah, and he's he's fine in other stuff. But I, I've said this before: he is to Frazier what Scott Bakula is to Sam Beckett. I think it's just the role he was born to play, and yeah. I enjoy seeing him play that role most. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of actors that have gotten a character that they can really that they can just play for decades, and it still be as good as it was, you know, in the beginning. Or whatever he's been playing Frazier since like 1984, yeah, 1985, something like that. And the thing is, he's embraced it too. I think maybe that's why it stays fresh for him because I heard him when Frazier was still on the air. He would go on to Howard Stern a lot with his wife Camille, and um, you know Stern would say, you know, you're so smart because you have a character and you're writing that character. It's the character that because Stern would always like lambast people for trying to step out of their comfort zone for trying to do something for instead of what they're known for. And mm. Kelsey Grammer said, well, why would I? Frazier is it. Like I, I realized like this is my character. This, this is the end game. So uh, he realizes how much he enjoys playing the character as much as we enjoy watching him play the character. So it, it's a no brainer, really. I think that's why it stayed somewhat fresh and, and watchable throughout because he loves, he loves what he's doing. He's not bored with it. He's not tired with it. He embraces the entire thing. So, yeah. Well, another another show that has uh, had a reemergence in the last uh, couple of years is Quantum Leap, which we talked about on this show uh, a lot during the first season of the of the new version of Quantum Leap. Uh, but they have had two episodes that have aired for season two, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to talk about that a little bit. Now, I mean, you're one of the hosts of the Quantum Leap podcast, so you've seen more than we have. We've only seen these two episodes. You've seen a couple more episodes than that, right? I have. They just dropped episodes four and five today uh, over over last night uh, as we record this. And I'm watching them one at a time so that I don't get inadvertently influenced by what's to come. So I we've already recorded uh, episode three. And we're going to be doing the podcast for episode four tomorrow. Uh, as as we record this, episode three has yet to air on on the network. So we're about a week ahead, thank goodness. And yeah, uh, yeah um, if you want to stick to discussion of episodes one and two, 
uh, that I can do without losing my privileges for getting <laughs> yeah, the no, advanced screeners. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. So no spoilers, but I, I would be curious to know because I'm on record as what I believe, you know, ad nauseum about, about this new quantum leap. What did you guys think of the premiere? I, well, Scott, you know, you haven't had a chance to talk very much. Why don't you go ahead? Um, uh, the premiere, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it just going from a, like a, 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 a wider lens, it felt different than season one. I don't know if it was, uh, if it was the, the cinematography or, uh, just the, I don't know, something, something about the tone of it, not just the writing, but the feel of the episode, uh, was, was different. Um, I really liked um Raymond's performance it 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 Raymond Lee, right? Yeah, Raymond Lee. Yeah, I got it right. Um I thought especially at the beginning of the episode, I thought that Raymond nailed it with continuing f- directly from the season finale into this episode. It moments have passed for him and his reaction to still being out in leap space mm-hmm. and not being home. Uh, so his immediate reaction, the way that he's interacting with the other people uh, on the plane, yeah, when he's still trying to come to terms with the fact that he's not home. And then once the, the leap really you know, begins rolling, we get to see uh, Raymond, portray the leap in a way that we didn't really get to see very much in the first season, which is he's figuring this all out on his own. He's got no hologram. He has no uh, inside information to help him figure out what to do. It's just him being smart and, and navigating the unfamiliar situation that is every leap in a very capable way. Mm -hmm. And excuse me. We would see this in the original series. Uh, you know, Sam would, yeah, after, after a while, he gets better at leaping. He knows how to roll with the situation and not be lost and awkward. Um, and we're seeing that now in season two of the, of the new show. Immediately, Ben is better at adapting to the situation and plugging himself into it and and rolling with it better than we saw last season. It's there's already an improvement and I'm loving that. How about you, Sean? I thought that the, the, well, both of the episodes that I've seen so far, I thought we were both, we were really good. Um, I liked that, especially the premiere, the premiere more focused on the leap more than anything else. I mean, we had a little bit of back at the project stuff, but most of it was the leap. Um, season one had this um, mystery box kind of thing going on, which I mean they 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 may still do that for. See, I mean obviously there's going to be something going on with the whole time jump that we've had. Um, but the season our episode one didn't like introduce any kind of. Uh, mystery box is going to be like a, se- a season long arc or anything other than the fact that at the end of it, we find out that it's been three years. Um, but I, I really like the fact that it focused on the leap. It gave the, it gave the guest stars more, t- more to do. Uh, the second episode too. Um, 
focused a lot more on the leap. The second episode, the plot reminded me a lot more of classic Quantum Leap because I mean there were there was how many bank robbery episodes did Sam <laughs> did Sam take part in? Just just one, just one. Okay. Uh, it was called Promised Land, and uh, it was a season five episode that took place the Christmas in his, episode in his right? hometown. Yep, yeah. it was in back in Elk Ridge, and he showed up as his father at the end of it. So uh, that's that's what made that episode in any way memorable. To be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed both of these and I really hope that as the season goes on, which I know we, we, we've started to reintroduce more of the, of the back at the project characters and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really hope that going forward, they take more time to focus on the leap because I mean, in the original series, that's pretty much all there was. It was the leap every week, you know, um, which I know, I mean, they've got all these characters that have to give them something to do. So we have to show back at the project stuff, which I'm fine with. I like those characters, but it's quantum leap and I want to see the time travel stuff, you mm. know? So, mm. but yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think one thing that, that the, the finale, not the finale, the premiere of this new season did was show us the range that Raymond Lee has that we've only been able to get dribs and drabs of over the first season because he was so preoccupied mm-hmm. with the whole Addison thing and the and the mystery box and Leaper X and all that nonsense. But the the turns that he made in in that season premiere from seriousness to comedy to to pathos to he could turn on a dime and i believed all of it and it's just like thank thank goodness we finally have a showcase for for this guy's talent because he really is a very dynamic actor and he didn't get to do a lot in the first season that 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 played to those strengths and um this first episode far and away uh shows you what what a talent they have in him Mm -hmm. and uh I, in the second episode, we get a little bit more of it. It, like you said, Sean, it's focused more on the leap, uh, on, on the back of the project stuff rather. And the leap is almost perfunctory. It's just your standard TV bank heist plot. You know it beat for beat. The second he leaps into the teller, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that might have been on purpose by design because they want you to more focus on, you know, okay, let's get the band back together. And I guess three years from now, twenty twenty six or 2027 whenever they're supposed to be and uh we'll we'll take care of that side of the story this week uh well we still have a leap it's quantum leap mm-hmm. and then um as we go forward the hope is that they now learn how to balance both halves of the show better than they were able to in the first season yeah and um you know, I'm not speaking out of school here because the first season's over and we've had the second season premiere. Ginger Jarris told us um, on before before um, before the first season ended, he said, what would you guys like to see in season two? And the first thing I said to him was no more mystery box. And he just kind of nodded at me and looked at me sagely. He didn't say a word, but mm-hmm. I think it was almost like tacitly like like trying to like, you know implant in my brain don't worry don't worry yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean well, i think a lot he, of he that said, is he just, said everything he could say without saying a word <laughs> yeah a lot of that is just the just that's just the way tv is now i mean you it, know i i feel like that's a crutch though i feel like i i don't know i don't know because i you can still do it i think in a way that that's interesting 
Um, and I feel like a lot of uh, Allison's had a lot of uh, my co-host Allison on the show. For those that don't listen to the Quantum Leap podcast, there there are three hosts, but one of them had to step away because she disliked the show so much. She had nothing mm. positive to say about it anymore. And rather than just bring the proceedings down, she said, "Look, I'm not going to do this with the new show anymore. I can't." You know, it was just making her angry. It was making her sad. So yeah. she comes back when the show's on hiatus and we do the classic series again. But um, she had a lot of valid points about the problems of the first season. And they came much more apparent to me because I was really invested in it. I was excited because I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I said this on our premiere episode. I went back and I tried to watch the first season again to get myself primed for the new the new season. And I couldn't get through it because I knew everything that was going to happen. And therefore, it just felt like I was bored and spinning my wheels. Yeah. Because anything back to the project is not compelling once you know what the reveal is going to be. Yeah. And that is a significant failing because shows have to be watchable again and again if you want to keep a fan base going. Yeah, there's a thing about there's a thing about Quantum Leap and its rewatchability and that. I can go back and I can just watch random episodes of Quantum Leap. I don't have to watch them in order. Right. Right. I, and I do it a lot. I mean, I, I'll go back. I, I, I usually watch on Roku and I'll just, uh, I'll just pull up an episode that I remember that I liked. And you can't really do that with this, with this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're this new series. You can't go back and just watch. Oh, I'm just going to watch this leap. Because there's so much stuff that is before and after that 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 you right. have to keep up with. Um, but like I said, I mean, that's I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say that you can't do that now because, I mean, you can do whatever you want. Uh, a lot of network interference may keep you from doing that. Um, yeah, you know, and, and I heard um I don't know if it was one of the writers. I'm really looking forward to speaking to the writers this season now that the strike is over because I don't think we've interviewed any of the writers for the show yet besides Dean Trigeris. And um, I think that they had copped to the fact that in a streaming environment, like you were saying, Sean, like you have to have some kind of hook to get the the viewer to want to go to the next one and to go to the next one. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, but this is a, a weekly network show. They're already thinking about it in terms of what it's going to be like for a streaming audience down the road. Well, so, because they have um, P- they have their Peacock streaming right. service. So it's just, so but I'm saying is- it's like it's like the tail is wagging the dog here. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's, it's it's a whole new paradigm, but. Uh, I guess my my thing is if you're gonna if you're gonna seek out a show on a streaming platform, you're watching it because you want to watch it. You actually have to actively find it and watch it. Mm-hmm. So why do you need to have? Uh, is there such a thing as just casual viewing in streaming? I guess there's got to be some component of it. Maybe that's what they're going for. So I'm gonna say, oh, let me give this a try. I have yeah. no idea what this is. Let me give it a shot. I think I did that with Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And I wound up really enjoying that series. So I, it's known to happen, but that didn't have some weird hook at the end of every episode that wanted to make me come back. I just liked the story and the characters. So I think that you can just, if you just have strong stories and strong characters, you don't need to have some kind of meaningless reveal or hook to get somebody back. I mean, Quantum Leap is built for that. Where is Reagan uh, or Ben going to leap next? That's what that's what kept you coming back on the original series. Sam would leap into another situation. You'd have the old boy and you oh, what what's going to happen next week? So mm-hmm. you don't have to have all this stuff going on back at the project. But Which, by the way, they have not done in these first two episodes. They have not shown a leap at the end. Yeah. They yeah. just, it's just ended. We, we see him leap out and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or or they go back to the pod project or something like that. But and and that's the end of the episode. That's a carryover from the first season. They did that quite a bit in the first season. We didn't always see where he left to next. Yeah, not uh, always, yeah. but yeah. it just seems weird. We've had two episodes now where they don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you another thing that I really miss about the old Quantum Leap is the theme music. Because in this, we just we just get the we get the um hmm. the you, what do you, you call get, it? You, you get the saga cell. The, the saga cell, yeah. A little get, bit of a saga cell, yeah. Get that yeah. a bit again, and then you get the you get the teaser for the episode, and you then get the you get the title, scale. and that's it. And then you go into commercial or whatever. Which I'm I'm sorry to say, Chris, the the title slug still looks like shit. Oh, well, I didn't. I didn't design. You don't have to apologize to me. Well, it's I, I'm criticizing Quantum Leap, so in my head, that's like a, an attack on you. So, no, no. I mean, they changed it a little bit. They've made it a little bit more three dimensional, and it's kind of almost like a convex kind of look now. So mm-hmm. it's like it's 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 kind of bulging out of the screen at yeah. you. I I could tell that they changed it, and I. I honestly don't know if they made it worse or right. I was going to say you bad. you like it less, <laughs> but I can say this, uh, Sean, regarding the music. Um, Matt just got off the mic with uh, the composer for the series, and I didn't think I liked the music for the series. But after a season and now the second season of doing mashups of the episodes and hearing a lot of scenes over and over again, as I try to edit them together and make these things coherent so that we can just give a a concise recap. Um, The music is, I think really great. It's very subtle and it's not like you're thinking of a nineties thing where Velton Ray Bunch would do like a music that's flavored to the, so if it was a Western, he'd have some kind of Western twang, or if it was like a sock hop or something, you'd have more of a fifties thing. And it was much more overt. It was much more, um, you know, hitch over the head. I think that the score that they have now is much more incidental, but it really works for the flavor of the series. And there are different motifs that do recur. It's just that you really got to be listening for them. And it's almost like, it's almost like subliminal at yeah. this point, but now I'm talking that I, more, yeah. I'm talking more about the actual theme music. I just miss the opening credits of quantum leap. Well, we were talking about that because they did have a new saga cell in the first episode uh, that Deborah voiced. It was almost word for word in places, uh, the old saga cell. But, um, you know, they didn't have it in episode two. They just did the Addison recap. Mm -hmm. And Matt and I were discussing that, but you can't do that saga cell now. First of all, the shows back then were like 48 minutes and change. Now they're 41 minutes and change. So the saga cell is going to take another three minutes out of your production time and an open with a theme that's another three minutes long or whatever you know it's just it's too much you're going to lose an entire act just for a saga cell and and an open so that's that's why they don't do it anymore they just don't have the kind of time that they used to. they want to put more commercials in they need more time to sell diapers or automobiles yeah. or something <laughs> <laughs> yes 100 percent. but uh, they, they have to maximize their their use of the of the real estate that they have and that the the difference between the the length of actual episode content today versus when we were kids sean you and me went back back in the 80s it it blows my mind that that the shows just keep getting shorter and shorter and shorter mm-hmm. to make room for yeah. more commercials and even even shows that are you know exclusive to streaming they're still yeah. cut down to to that same. Well, you know, yeah, they, 40 they, some they do that. They do that because 
they want the option yeah, to, uh, in to the future to put it on TV because yeah. during the during the writer's strike, and even even with Frasier, we were talking about a few minutes ago, uh, they're going to show those first two episodes on CBS next week mm. uh, to try and get people to come over to Paramount Plus and and check it out or whatever. Uh, but during the strike. Um, the writer's strike that just ended. Of course, the actor's strike is still going on. Um, CBS took a lot of the stuff, took several things from Paramount Plus and showed them on their network to fill in the gap where they didn't have anything to show because they haven't filmed anything. Uh, so the Strange New Worlds aired the entire first season on uh, on CBS, you know, over the last few weeks. And they're showing, uh, and you know, Yellowstone, Yellowstone is being shown on the network now hmm. to to fill in those gaps. So a lot of these streaming shows, that you could you could say, yeah, well, it's streaming, so they can make the show as long as they want to, but they still want to make it with the option of showing it on TV at some point. And then mm-hmm. there's some there's some markets that you know don't have these streaming services, and they just they just show the show the thing on whatever network they have there yeah. uh, in, in some countries and things, you know? So I feel like it's a trap that some of them fall into when they more mainstream. Like if you look at a show like the boys on, on prime um, that show is so, you know, so ultra violent and so filthy in so many ways, it's never going to get. Oh, no, no, no. So, yeah. so you can get episodes that are now hour, hour 15 and hour seven and, you know, cause they don't care. They know that it's not going to have a second market outside of streaming. Whereas if you're still dealing with like a network environment, like, like a peacock, mm-hmm. th- then you come against those, those realities, you know, or Paramount plus now, now that um, they're going to, you know, can everything that's on there anyway for a tax write off. So they're going to have to figure new revenue streams, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I noticed that Disney plus does something similar. Like most of these, uh, star Wars series that they have, the, the length of individual episodes varies. So surprisingly wide. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them will be 42 minutes. And then the next week it'll be 35 minutes or something like that. You know, and then the following week is 57. Yeah. 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 But I guess that's, that's good. If you're trying to tell a story, then you get the, uh, the length that the story needs to be you're not yeah arbitrarily i, I do you know, really filling like time or cutting for time you know yeah so yeah. anyway um, so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to to the rest of the season um I, go, i'm going back to, i think the, go ahead go ahead scott um with episode one versus episode two of this uh new season of quantum leap i it feels a little odd to say it, but I think I kind of liked episode two better than, than episode one. And a lot of that is because of the stuff we had back at the project. Hmm. Now we're, it was giving us a little bit more info about this um, three-year time jump, not so much the the reason for it, but it's in, in the second episode, they took the opportunity to introduce us, the audience to this three years later team. Hmm. Um, and just, you know, the, the little details, I, are, are we worried about spoilers? No, for, I mean, I guess it, they, they both air. So. Yeah. So. Um, you know, just the, the little details like, uh, magic is shopping for, uh, what I assume is an engagement ring. No, no, no. An anniversary. It was an anniversary gift. Right. Anniversary gift. That's right. Um, it's a, a one year anniversary. So that's not, well, it's, uh, okay. 
I want to say Chris, Chris has seen more than we have, but I wanted to ask him. He's, it's not Beth, is it? <laughs> I've speculated that it's Beth. I honestly don't yeah. know. I honestly <laughs> okay. don't know if it's Beth or not, but uh, I yelled at Matt because Matt's hedging saying it could be a gift for someone who's having an anniversary. I said, you don't buy jewelry for someone who's yeah. having an anniversary. <laughs> right, and, yeah. And I said, who do you think it is? Is it is it, is it Beth, Donna, or Janice? <laughs> and, uh, and then he he keeps it. And I said, why are you hedging? You know it's Beth. <laughs> so in my mind, it's Beth. Uh, I But I honestly don't know. That's what I mean. That's the first thing that came to my mind when I saw it. I thought we were going to find out. Well, he's he started. He's seeing Beth or he's married Beth or something. I, uh, I suspect. The, I shouldn't say suspect. I, I think I would like for. Uh, moving forward in this season because they they set the precedent in episode two with um uh ian being ben's hologram i would i would have zero problem with ian being the hologram for the season the primary hologram that we saw in the first season it can be any of them yep yep um they swapped them out yeah, um, but and Ian, it, Ian was the hologram in the heist in in the heist one, mm-hmm. and so. I I thought Mason did a fantastic. I'm I'm a big fan of Mason. I really enjoyed uh, their performance as Ian in the first season. Um, I I loved their turn in episode two. Thought they were great in Sandman. Just I Mason is great. I I hung on every word of the interview that you guys did with them uh, last season. Yeah, huge uh, fan so if ian if ian is the primary hologram for this season i'd be fine with that and we can get back to some of the more uh you know colorful uh visually bombastic outfits that al made famous in the original series <laughs> yeah it's funny you say that um i have i have um thoughts about ian as the hologram uh, which you can hear on the Quantum Leap podcast. So our episode for Ben and Teller. It's it's uh, next up in my queue. I'm yeah. I'm in the middle of a different show right now, but once I finish that podcast, it's on to you. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, uh, we're not going anywhere. I'll tell you that. And I think uh, I I don't know if I, I want to ask you guys this if it even if it even registered with you as filler during the hiatus i was doing these interview redo specials where we were running all the interviews that mostly appeared on the youtube channel that we did last season and i didn't realize how many we freaking had and Mm. towards the end i had to like you know double and triple so i would like release one special a day uh so that i would get them all done before the premiere and I don't know if I'd do that again. Like I, you know, when you say it's in the queue, was I just clogging up our queue or did you, <laughs> did you find any value in that or should something, it's probably not a good discussion for cosmic potato fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm asking fellow podcasters if they think I made a mistake, but <laughs> no, Hey, I've always, I've always been a fan of uh, more content is good. Co- I mean, th- yeah. more content. I mean, put it out there. There's always going to be somebody that, that's, uh, that's going to, uh, you know, appreciate it. Um, which I've I listened to some of them, but a lot of them I remembered hearing them before, you know. But I did notice I was like, man, I come out with a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it became like, oh my god, it was yeah, it, it was a hell of a September, I'll tell you that. So, um, I do want to mention uh, there was two things that I wanted to mention about Quantum Leap. First of all, I, I listened to you guys talk about uh, what was originally supposed to be in the pilot about um, that. Um, Sam was supposed to come back and he was supposed oh, to be. Oh, you're talking about, about the pilot for season The one. pilot. Yeah. 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 Okay. Where Sam was supposed to be, and there, we, there was supposed to be like a reveal that Sam was there, but he was somebody else or something right, like that. Right. Right. I don't, I think 
I don't like I don't like that. I'm glad they didn't do that because my thoughts are when you say Sam Beckett never returned home, that doesn't mean well he kind of came home, but he was somebody else. You know, and my thoughts are that he's in the past and he's not coming to the present and letting anybody know. Well, I'm Sam. You know, that's yeah. kind of that. To, that's to me seems like a cop out a little bit. You know. Um, well, if he had been in the pilot, it might have been in our present, but there's n- nothing saying that it couldn't have been Sam's past. Well, well yeah, I mean, yeah, I know he's he, he's there, but he's but he's like part of what's going on and everything. That's kind of the same thing as going home. You're just not in your body. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's there's ways that you can parse that. I think just because he never returned home doesn't mean that he didn't check in on the people that he loved. You can't tell me that he wasn't at Al's funeral in some way. Mm, yeah, you know? maybe. So, uh, so I just the fact that uh, you know that I'm of the mind based on everything we saw in Mirror Image that Sam is in fact still out there leaping because he's chosen to continue leaping. It's not like he's stranded. It's not like he needs to be rescued. He's doing it because he wants to do it. So there's nothing to say that he can't pop in and out of the lives of those that he loves every once in a while because he is a human being. And if you go by the strictures of mirror image, even if he interacted with them, once he leapt away, they wouldn't remember him anyway. Yeah. So there's a whole universe of things to play with there. Yeah. And, I mean, I would yeah. love to see, I would love to see some stories that would revisit some of that lore because in my mind, the finale changes everything that had already happened. So you've almost got a, a, it, it could be a possibility that Al was Al was never there as part of Quantum Leap to begin with because uh, his whole history changed. Well, know? no, we we found the lost ending, and well, even, yeah, but that's not canon. But he, but even Don <laughs> even Don Belisario said no matter what happens uh, to Sam, no matter what he changes with his leaping, Sam and Al are always destined to meet and work together on Quantum Leap, oh, which okay. was his which was his way of just saying. I don't care what changes. I don't care what kind of paradox it, it might create. There will always be a Sam and Al because that's the heart of the show. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to bring up was that um, stepping on a landmine and not going off until you pull your foot off of it is kind of a movie thing. <laughs> landmines don't really work that way. <laughs> I like Land, <laughs> landmines explode when you step on them. <laughs> I thought that was rather clever. I'd but, never seen something done like that. So. Yeah, but then the whole thing of I have to, I have to shift my weight. I have to shift the weight, and so we're going to shift the weight from you to you to you to you, and then yeah. put dirt on it or whatever. I mean, it was, it was, it was fine because it's a movie trope, and they were playing with the movie trope, and then they were expanding upon it. But listeners, landmines don't work that way. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't, uh, don't step on landmines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't know, the more you know. <laughs> I can't believe I I can't believe I have to say this, but don't step on landmines. <laughs> um, uh, there's a uh, uh, there's an episode. I don't know if you guys ever listened to the Nerdist podcast, and I'm reminded of this. This was an episode of the Nerdist from years ago. Tom Hanks was on there, and he was talking about the fact that um, when he was a kid, there was a, a series of commercials. They were not really commercials. They were more of public safety messages or whatever. They had Willie Mays in them. And they were talking about not playing with like landmines. If you find a landmine or something like, or, or any kind of, any kind of like a, a artillery 
thing or whatever that you find it. <laughs> and he said, and Tom Hanks said this stuck in his head because Willie Mays would say, if you see him, don't touch that. Don't touch it. <laughs> Just kept repeating it over. Don't touch that. So when we, when I when I when I saw them uh, doing the landmine thing, I started saying, "Hey, don't touch that." <laughs> oh, that's a nine sec order. That yeah, so, um, it happens all the time. Oh, all yeah, right, yeah. Um, but on the whole, uh, I'm I'm happy with what we've seen so far of season two, and uh, I have a good feeling about um, this new season of Quantum Leap, at least changing it up significantly from the dynamic of the last the last season, and it keeps what I thought was the real strength of the first season, the characters. I mean, they're still there, they're still themselves, they're just being used better so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one thing that Matt said that he would want to see my co-host, Matt, for those of you who don't listen to my show, um, he was kind of disappointed that there was a leap at all in the second episode. He's saying, surely, you know, TV has evolved enough and viewers are mature enough where you can have a quantum leap that just deals with the characters back at the project without having to see Ben the entire episode. If you're going to make it about them getting back together, about the ramifications of them finding Ben who's been lost in time for three years, um, just make it about that. Like have a, a character focused episode just for that. Um, I think that would have been a good way to go. But again, like you said, Sean, and I, I think I pointed it out on our show, they have a formula that is what yeah. they consider their successful formula to sell anything they want to sell because that's all they care about. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about doing an episode where there's no leap, but, but I, you know, I'm also of the mindset that I, I, I really don't like that he leaps outside of his lifetime in this, in this show, but I know, I know you guys feel different, but to me, that was one of the, that was one of the things about the original quantum leap that I liked the best that it wasn't yeah. it was a time travel it was a time travel show that didn't do the far-fetched oh i'm going to the old west i'm going to the, the dinosaur days i'm I going don't think to that, i don't think they're abusing it though and i can tell you this as someone who was born in 1970 to have ben leap back to no earlier than say like at 1982 because that's basically his lifetime he's younger than i am Mm-hmm. would be the most boring freaking show on the planet because there's just nothing distinctive about the 80s, 90s, or aughts visually in my brain that that says, hey, you know, this is this is a time travel show. This is a leap, you know? Go back to the 30s because it's interesting. Go back to the 40s because you got cool cars. You know, it, it, there's some kind of visual aspect I think would be missing from the show if we were just stuck going to 1982 forward. Yeah. It just would not be dynamic in any way. It would look like every other show on TV. Now, I do like that he leaves the United States every now and then because they didn't do that very much in the, in the original <laughs> show. He, he was pretty much in America most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm which, sure I mean, it, it was I mean, it was a show about recent American history. So, I mean, it was it, I understand why they did it that way. Um now but, we see we've seen in promotional materials for season two days going back to uh to the the witch trial. Do we know is it in Salem? Is is it going? Uh, to the, I mean, to I could trial? six. It's around the same time. It's like sixteen ninety two or something. And I just listened to a great podcast that I listened to called Our Fake History. 
Um, and he's doing a Salem thing now. Uh, and he, the first episode of it dropped this week and it's right around the time that the leap is said, if you look at the date on screen, cause there's mm -hmm. a, they have dates on screen and it's like 1692. Mm -hmm. So that to me says Salem, witch trials or something very close to it. I'm it. I would assume that's probably as far back as he's going to go this season. Then I just had a guess. So, yeah, well, uh, it's well, they've been they've been not shy of showing you different years that he's going to. Mm -hmm. So if if he were going further back, I think that would have flashed on the screen as well. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it seems to me like that would make a good Halloween episode, right? Because witchcraft and stuff. Yeah. So I'm not so really I'll, sure I'll when looking, that one's airing though. I'll be looking forward to season three where he goes back to like the Renaissance. Yeah. See. I, yeah. I, there's, I, I there's want to see line, some. Right? I want to see some medieval leaping going on. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'm gonna see maybe. him running from Velociraptors and stuff in season in season four. Um, yeah, as, as, as it gets on, we get more and more gimmicky as the show goes on, right? <laughs> so. No, no, Quantum Leap does not get gimmicky with time. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever are you talking about? Trilogy, Lee Harvey Oswald, Evil Leaper. What? What? Well, trilogy wasn't really gimmicky i mean it, blood moon it was yeah it was kind of i guess you can call it a gimmick but it was it wasn't the same as like uh when sam and al swap places and now sam's a how hologram. dare you sir that was the greatest episode of all time no it was a great episode <laughs> but it was definitely a gimmick you know that was because i remember i was like what uh 12 13 and i saw that season finale and sam walks through the the cannon and i'm like mm -hmm. what <laughs> me too. And then it took me. Yeah. And then it took me a minute. And of course, it takes Sam a minute too to realize. Wait a minute. That means he's at home. <laughs> <laughs> the that would be an example of like a, a gimmick in in the, the a plot gimmick, whereas the trilogy was just a gimmick in the the storytelling mechanic. They decided to tell a, a three part story rather than you know let's have a vampire or let's have evil leapers come in and i'm unashamedly a big fan of the concept of of evil leapers as chris knows by the yeah <laughs> by the the pitch that i made for a, yeah, a lengthy yeah, yeah you the, got you got you got a lot going on with that pitch man <laughs> you've thought about pitch. it you've thought about it <laughs> <laughs> which uh at this this uh uh new series uh, has made it impossible. They'll never be able to tell the story that I wanted to tell. <laughs> no, no. I mean, but that's what I was saying. Like, if we compare this to Frasier, um, this is by and large its own show. It's a completely new build. It's a completely new paradigm. It's a completely different leap. Mm -hmm. So, um, even though they make um, like lip service to Sam, uh, they've spoke about him in the first episode uh, in one of Ben's flashbacks, and they even mm -hmm. alluded to Donna a couple yeah. uh, in, in that as well. Um, it's still very much its own entity. Like it's it's not it's not recognizably a continuation in anything but name. Whereas the Frasier uh, reboot is really it it's 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 it is a continuation. It's just it's exactly the show that you left. We just picked up twenty years later. Well, so, yeah, same same main character. Yeah, same main character, so. but also just the same feel, the same dynamic, the same what worked then is what is what they're what they're counting on now as opposed to reinventing it for quote a new audience although so. if they if they give us any direct continuations or threads from the original series that they that they pick up in this one um 
the, a a minor example would be oh magic well that's someone that sam left into in the original series and now he's you know his, his own character here mm-hmm. if they give us more continuation um you know elements from the original series that they bring up here will again we'll use the evil Le- leapers as, as an example if if lothos shows up with a new leaper at any point in the sea i will drink it up yeah so yeah because so why I, yeah. I, I i want these you know direct real connections not just references that say you know technically we're in the same universe where it's right, the right. same ongoing story no i want something real well they did make a nod to the evil leapers last season with martinez like ian ian brought it up mm-hmm. so um and what i'm thinking is this if the show goes on long enough and they feel like they're losing viewers it might be like an enterprise situation where you have three seasons of it trying to do its own thing but then realizing okay we gotta maybe get some of the rank and file back let's start putting all the connections we can in the fourth season to hopefully <laughs> save the show you right. know I, I i it's it, it's been known to happen that's all <laughs> i'm not saying they're gonna go that way i just think that it's yeah. uh it's not beyond the pale well yeah i mean if you start seeing uh if you start seeing ben leap into some celebrities or whatever when, when when he leaps into uh, Joe Namath and it's not just a commercial, <laughs> it's the actual <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, poor Matt's going crazy trying to like codify those in somewhere in his canon, you know. Because <laughs> <So. laughs> didn't they show a commercial where he leaped into DB Cooper too? No, I mean, no, no. It was a plane. He was like leaping out of a plane. It was the that pilot script that you talked about. Oh, okay. Um, it, one of the possible leaps out for Ben from that original pilot script was to be into DB Cooper. Okay. And it said, and you're going to have to get the Mario Queen ready because the the script writer was too clever by half. He loved his own ideas. Yeah. He's like, and we reveal that it's Sam, and the internet breaks, and then Ben leaps, and he's in DB. <laughs> Cooper, and it's just like who the, who in this day and age really knows who DB Cooper is besides a handful of people, honestly. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Well, that's wow! What an exciting reveal, DB. Who? I, I just I just know about him because it, uh, Brad Meltzer used to have a show on the History Channel, and one of the episodes was about DB Cooper. That's the only I'd never heard of him before that. Right. They, so. they made a DB Cooper reference in the first season of Loki. Yeah, that's true. They sure did. Yeah. They 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 tried to tell us that Loki was DB Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I also miss oh boy. I mean, I know that's a Sam thing, but I mean I miss that, you know, when he leaps in he, oh boy, you know, that was mm. a nice little thing for every episode for you to just be expecting that to happen. And it was a, a point that you knew once he said that, okay, now the show's starting. Yeah. It, it it was nice back then. I don't know if it would translate it as well now because it it would be like every episode a little teeny tiny shoehorn that they have to put in there. Yeah. And you and you when you hear it, it's like oh, it's because they have to say it. The I I just I don't know if it would really fly as well these days. And there's already enough of a problem with the, uh, in the new series, even in these first two episodes, um, with little bits of dialogue that are are way too specific with the exposition mm. uh, so as to be you know that no one's going to say ian uh conveying to the audience oh we looked for ben for two years and then the government shut us down you know a year ago yeah. so you know exactly when that happened it's no there's no reason that ian would explain to jen and magic yeah 
exactly what's going the, the, on the shutdown yeah. process yeah matt yeah. matt called that out too and poor mason has this thankless task of uh ernie asking a question and then uh, mason as answering the wrong question and ernie saying no i know all that ian i've been here since the beginning <laughs> yeah. now answer my other question you know <laughs> and it's just like yeah we get it you need to do it there's a it's got to be a more artful way to do it and even um morton jarrow who are Garrow, I'm sorry, Barton Garrow, who is the other showrunner, the other executive producer with uh, with Dean. He's just like, what we really want to do this season for the people back at the project is not to just make them exposition machines anymore. Like mm-hmm. we want them to have like actual arcs and stories instead of everything being in service to the plot. Yeah. So um, I, you know, I'm excited to see them flesh that part of it out a little bit more, especially since the 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 very first second we get get back to the project in the new series, Ian's doing the same shtick that they were mm-hmm. doing in in the first season. So hopefully that's just the last lingering vestiges because they had to get some complicated complicated uh, like plot points across to the audience. And if Quantum Leap is famous for anything, it's spoon feeding its audience. You know, so yeah. that's that's a holdover from the original series. I I did appreciate Ian's use of uh, Turtle Time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. in, in episode two that that was really nice if for some reason people are starting with season two and they didn't watch last season you, you still okay well whatever they're saying that's significant and it's getting the ball rolling but for those who watched the first season it's a just a clever dialogue callback if you remember the scene from last season mm-hmm. make that connection mm-hmm. makes makes it important that they're yeah. there to collect jen it was that was really well done. Yeah. All so, right. Yeah. Let, let's uh let's wrap it up. I guess that was uh that was our discussion of Frasier and Quantum Leap. So looking forward to all that. Um uh Frasier, I did look it up. Frasier is 10 episodes a season. And for some reason, the the wit the Salem witchcraft episode of Quantum Leap is not the Halloween episode. <laughs> <laughs> because on the 25th, uh October 25th, they're showing Episode four, the Lonely Hearts Club. So, okay, uh, okay. So, Chris, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, I am a host of the Quantum Leap Podcast. You can find us at quantumleappodcast.com. Plenty of content to come. Weekly show. We uh, drop the same night as the episode. As soon as the episode is over on the East Coast, we release our our show. Tons of interviews, tons of just great content. And our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash the Quantum Leap Podcast. So anything that doesn't make it onto the main feed for the podcast uh, winds up as a video version there. So, um, just we got content coming out our ears and into yours, we hope. <laughs> All right, Scott, what about you? We're going to find you. Uh, you can find me as the host of that Star Trek podcast right here on the network and also appearing on this show, Captain Game Show, and on most episodes of Moon Show. Uh, outside of podcasting, you can visit my website at www.planetrisecreative.com and check out the graphic artwork that I do for fun and profit. And you can find me right here and on that Star Trek podcast. Go check out our website, infinitepotato.com. Check out our Facebook group. Check out our YouTube channel. You can find all that by searching for Infinite Potato Alliance on all those various uh, places. So check that out. John's not here to give us a what would John say. So we'll... We'll see you next time.